0: Love and life. Dr. Karen Anderson April. Unless we're being honest with ourselves about who we are and what we're about. None, None of that, that is, possible. is possible. Single is the new black. Don't wear white. Till it's right I'm all about living authentically And finding the best version of you And living life to its fullest You know, there's an old saying that Every crisis is not only a crisis But an opportunity So I meet a guy and he's great He's smart Karen, he's we funny. need to pick out the he's shoes successful This was not what I had anticipated I had my life planned out Psychologist, author, speaker, former professor And
1: musician Yes, I was a runaway bride Channel your path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. Listen to Dr. Karen right now on Love & Life.
0: Welcome to Dr. Karen Love & Life. Hi there. I'm Dr. Karen anderson Abril I'm a psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. You might know me from my latest book, Single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right. I'm here on my new podcast. We'll be talking about living and relating authentically in all realms of life. We'll look at how to have true intimacy in romantic relationships, more meaningful friendships, healthier family connections, more productive and fulfilling careers, and we'll learn methods for staying happy, hopeful, and positive, all while channeling a path to a more authentic you living an authentic life so today on the show i want to talk about selfies and i'm going to make the connection between taking selfies and living authentically and initially you're going to say huh because there's no connection there right but actually i want to take a look at a selfie as a metaphor for an opportunity to really examine who we are and where we are and what we're about So think about it this way, and I'll just go back to my own personal experience from, as you guys know, calling off a wedding when I was engaged for that year to the wrong guy, a great guy, but the wrong guy. And I think about if I'd been taking selfies, which at the time, this was a couple years ago and selfies weren't a thing, but if I'd been taking selfies and really then looking at the pictures that resulted from those selfies and taking a real, real objective look at them, I'd see a fiance. I'd see a bride who was sad. I'd see pictures of a, of a bride at her engagement party feeling lost and confused and feeling pressure to move forward with something because it seemed like it was the time in her life that this should happen, but it didn't feel right. So it's the idea of this picture that then becomes something you can look at apart from you because when all your emotions are inside, sometimes it's hard to sort them out. But when you take a selfie... And you look at it and you go, why do I look miserable? Why do I look out of sorts? That can be an indication that the reason you look miserable, the reason you look out of sorts is because you aren't living authentically. You've stepped down a path that isn't meant for you. So that's the analogy we're going to look at today. And I invited my friend, one of my best friends, who's also a counselor and a therapist, to join in the conversation. Hi, I'm Joanne. I'm from Pompton Lakes,
1: New Jersey, and I listen to Dr. Karen, Love and Life.
0: Kate Lambie is in the house. (laughs) So thanks for joining me, Kate. Thanks for having me. We have a very similar background. In fact, we met when I was teaching grad courses at Concordia University in Chicago And Kate was one of my students, so she was trying to get her education to become a counselor, and she is doing that. Another interesting tidbit is that she's doing actually the exact job that I was doing when I first graduated with my master's, and some of you guys know that I was a therapist for kids in the child welfare system in Chicago, and that's what Kate does. So we've had very similar paths, Mm -hmm. and we connected, and became bffs and uh, i wanted her to hop on the podcast today just because you know in my book in every chapter i have the girl talk section and it's kind of fun to have that interaction so i thought this topic that i want to talk about today would be a little bit more fun if i just pulled in a bff to uh make it more girl tacky there you go yeah exactly hi my name is dina and i listen to dr karen love and life in chicago what I want to talk to you today about is selfies selfies you got like, it
2: like selfies like <laughs> Kim Kardashian book selfies
0: yeah you were just telling me that right <laughs> that she has a book of her selfies oh yes, my gosh yes. well so no Kate no we're <laughs> actually not going to talk about Kardashian selfies but we are going to talk about selfies uh, the notion of a selfie obviously can feel very selfish right so I yes. think a lot of us, when we see some of our friends blowing up social media with selfie after selfie after selfie, we're kind of like, okay, Anna. Mm-hmm. I, I like my selfie here and there. Yeah, <laughs> you're known. <laughs> I'm like, you are known to, 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 <laughs> to post a selfie or two. But here's the thing selfies, yeah, I mean, they can be somewhat narcissistic and they can be reflective of someone who's very egocentric, but selfies also are kind of a cool way to conceptualize something that I think is really important in terms of living authentically which you know Kate is one of the themes of the podcast. I surely do. You surely do. So what do I mean by this? Well, when we take a selfie what are we doing? I mean obviously in some cases people are just trying to show off right? Like oh yeah. look at me. Here's mm-hmm. me in my fabulous life. And mm-hmm. But the way I want to consider selfies for the purposes of our episode is to think of a selfie as a snapshot of who we are in a moment in time. And when we're trying to live authentically, it's kind of bizarre that we cruise around throughout life with ourselves all day, every day. And yet being true to ourselves can be one of the hardest things that we do in this life. Definitely. Yeah. And it's kind of bizarre, right? Or mm-hmm. counterintuitive. Like, why is it so hard to be true to me when all I'm doing all day is running around with me? Yeah, And so I like the notion of taking a look at your selfie as a, as a way of understanding. Who am I right now? Is this selfie that I just took? Is this shot, this snapshot of my life right now is it on point with who I really am or is my selfie reflecting something that's not me? Mm-hmm. That's indicating that I'm on the wrong path or who I
2: want to reflect? Is is the selfie I take when I look back at it is it is that who I want to reflect? Yeah. Right? Am I reflecting the type of person that I want to be?
0: I think that's harder than than people realize, don't you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Let me just delve into a little bit. I'm going to go professor on you, which you're used to, obviously, because (laughs) (laughs) how many classes did you take from me? Oh, my gosh. Three? Three. Was it three? I think so. Yeah. Which, sidebar, Kate was the quietest person in the first class I taught. I think it was the first class I taught. I was still an adjunct at the time. And there was a really great little seminar. You know, there was only about 10 of us in the class, and, and- was, I'm just an
2: absorber. You were I'm an absorber. Just, just absorb.
0: You were the quietest kid in the <laughs> class, and then it's so that in and of itself was kind of funny. I'm like, how is it that I'm best friends with like the kid in class who like I never heard anything from for an entire eight week course? But anyway, <laughs> right. here we are. But anyway, one of the things I think that we deal with is, is the fact that. In our pursuit of being authentic to ourselves, we're in relationship with others, obviously. And women in particular, we're primed to be in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And And so this is, you know goes back to my psychology stuff. This is like a nature nurture totally. thing, right? Totally. So we can mm-hmm. look at women if we say women are more likely to be primed for relationships, Is that because biologically and genetically we're different than men? or is it also that we're socialized to be focused on relationships? Totally. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's like the nature nurture question yeah. that we ask from psych one hundred one on until we get our PhDs. And here is the the thing: is we never get the answer <laughs> because totally. it's not either or, right? Mm-hmm. It's an interaction. Mm-hmm. But like again, so my developmental psych background uh, when I would teach gender development stuff, it was so fascinating that you see how primed girls are for relationships. Like for example, baby girls, when compared to baby boys, they make more eye contact with their caregivers. And they sustain that eye contact longer. Infants, right? Like this is like way before much socialization could really have occurred. So, I mean, then you think about something like that. Then you've got infant baby girls prefer to look at human faces as opposed to like some other object like a mobile or a teddy bear, right? So in these studies they'll just show images of a human face versus like some other kind of thing that you would think that a baby would be drawn to, like a toy or something. And you find that the baby girls prefer to look at the human face. And interestingly enough, especially women's faces, which huh. suggests the girls are primed to be in relationship with other women.
2: That is interesting.
0: Yeah. Or that they're really motivated to be connected with their mothers, which of course would be a survival thing, right? Because for sure. if I can get my mom to connect with me, the needs me, are
2: going to get met by. You got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Sure. I'm going to be more likely to stick around on this yeah, earth, right? For sure. So, but still again when we compare to boys, they are less likely and of course they're interested in surviving too. Right. But <laughs> but still when you compare. So, throughout development, girls are more skilled at interpreting facial expressions. If girls are shown a frightened face, they're going to look over to their mom with distress. Okay. But boys don't respond in the same way to that that facial expression of fear.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I know. And, and they do this early, like like before we can really get at them. I know, like, I
2: keep thinking. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is totally a socialization thing. Right. And and,
0: and I don't want to say, even when I say that this is so early, even in the first couple days of life, I, I mean, we are still being socialized, especially now, right? Women know the gender of their baby, what, by the second trimester, I'm pretty sure, is when mm-hmm. the ultrasound's indicate so. yeah it's mm-hmm. the second trimester I think but it's it's pretty early in pregnancy essentially so then at that point they can name the baby right. they can already start talking to their baby like right. hey Janie or hey Johnny yeah, it's, already, it. it's already starting right, right. exactly yeah. so again getting back to the research uh, listening preferences infant girls are more engaged with the human voice than infant boys <laughs> we like to talk we like yeah. to listen that's something You know, it's interesting,
2: though, I have a friend, Tiffany, her beautiful little son is, you know, has such a good ear and is so good at speaking and articulating. And I think he probably is going to have some kind of musical talent of some sort. So
0: Yeah, and it's really good you bring that up because, of course, we're talking about most... Most of the time. But you are going to have those, (laughs) what we call, in in statistics, we call an outlier. So he may be an outlier. He doesn't match the typical picture of boys. Okay. Um, And, of course, I mean, we haven't even talked about it, but, like, with the the realization now that there are individuals, you know, in the trans community, if you're talking about someone who is biologically –
2: assigned yeah
0: and then but their experience despite the socialization right sure. because at that point the socialization sure. was in place to really coax them into mm-hmm. whatever gender their parents assumed they were mm-hmm. right
2: exactly
0: and yet something internal is saying this is not me and you guys can keep putting a dress on me and it's right. not gonna be me mm-hmm. or vice versa yeah
1: Definitely. hi i'm miriam connor and i listen to dr karen love and life in
0: cleveland ohio So all that research really suggests that women are designed for relationships. We're biologically primed. And that infant research shows us that we have a special sensitivity to relationships. They matter to us. We're mm-hmm. tuned in in a way that men aren't. And we, we love our men. It's not to, to disparage men. For sure, for sure. It's just looking at the reality of the differences. Right. And, and then we're socially ingrained. Like you were saying, there's mm-hmm. so much socialization. I mean, when you think about... Sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what little girls are made of. We're really, we're really socialized oh, totally. to be kind. People pleasers. Yes. yes. So what I'm getting at here, when we're looking at authenticity and relating, it can be harder for women sometimes to truly be themselves because we're so tuned in with others. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, Totally. And I think it's hard then for us sometimes to step away from the people-pleasing, as you put it, Mm -hmm. and to make sure that we are resonating with our authenticity and our truth. Getting back to the selfies, so that opportunity to kind of take a snapshot, where am I? Am I being true to myself That's something that I think is very valuable in terms of selfies, right?
2: (laughs) And relationships, for sure.
0: And so when you look at it, it's interesting because um, we're so good at connecting. We want to be in relationships. They matter so much to us. Mm -hmm. Another thing I remember from uh, Judson, actually, from my marriage and family class with Professor Shea, is that women and men who have meaningful, strong female friendships are psychologically healthier. But the same is not true for male relationships. So meaning anyone... On the planet, who has a lot of strong, solid female friendships mm-hmm. is healthier.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: So, men with good girlfriends are healthier than men who don't have a lot of girlfriends. Because women relate differently and on a deeper o- emotional level, often again, right, big general right. But
2: then we get back to the socialization where, right. yeah, the men don't feel comfortable opening up to each other, right? Right, because they're socialized to, you know, you're weak if you show emotion, right? And you can't be, you know, vulnerable. I think it makes sense. It yeah. does.
0: I know, but I I love where you're coming from. Also, you're like, but let's what's the why behind that? How really. did that happen? And, th- and that's something that a lot of psych research, we have to make interpretations. We can't 100% know. Mm-hmm. We just for try sure. to interpret the results. For sure. So one of the things that would be a weakness then though with women is that we can lose ourselves in relationships because again, we've, we've talked about how important they are to us. And then also when we're talking about romantic relationships, sometimes we can get into a relationship and stay in them for the wrong reasons. And I talk about this a lot in my book, right? Where I'm talking about fear-based decision making. So many women so mm-hmm. scared of being alone mm-hmm. that they'll stay in some cruddy relationship. Mm-hmm. And then again, as we've been saying, that we can often struggle, and perhaps more than men. And again, I'm, I'm not I'm not aware of research that looks at this specifically, but it's probably out there that it's a little bit harder for women with our ultra sensitivity to relating and to others for us to be able to identify initially and then maintain our authentic. Selves.
1: You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to her website, drkarin.me. That's me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her, Karen, karin, at drkaren.me.
0: Hi, I'm Linda, and I listen to Dr. Karen, Love and Life in Bedford, Kentucky. So for women the whole quest for authenticity that can be a daily challenge and and that's something that doesn't come so easily from mm-hmm. for many women
2: i mean i think it is a struggle for every woman but especially with everything that you've shared about maybe the research that way we maybe we're a little more sensitive to it as women i think it's a struggle i think we fear isolation i think we fear being casted out of maybe different social groups
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: um and we we want to be accepted and i think mm-hmm. that's also just a normal human need yeah but I think once we realize the intimacy the true intimacy that can occur whether in friendships or romantic relationships that
0: can occur when you are authentic I think the more that changes and the more that can change and I really love that you bring that up because that's one of the takeaway messages from this podcast would be that ultimately true intimacy as you put it isn't possible unless you're truly authentic so just like selfies can appear very selfish, and I think, of course, like we've said, in some cases they are, but authenticity, even as a pursuit, can sound to some people, I think, like, oh, you're just so selfish. you got to be true to you. Who cares what everyone else is experiencing yeah. as long as I'm authentic to myself? It can sound or it can seem yeah a little bit egocentric. It can't,
2: can it it can't sound
0: it? that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that anyone mm-hmm. who was raised... In a, an environment, even like in the church, for example, you know, mm-hmm. we're supposed to die to ourselves and to turn the other cheek. And those mm-hmm. are all truths. But then also we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So if that self-love isn't there first, everything's out of whack.
2: Because I think for a long and time. And I think those, sometimes those messages um, from the church or, you know, the Bible can be confusing in that way. Yeah,
0: they can. You know, because
2: they- you think you have to be. Almost like a victim, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> because cause my feelings don't matter, my my opinions don't matter. Um, I need to put
0: everyone else's above mine, right? So, and that's why I think sometimes it can feel like a very selfish pursuit. Your self awareness, your mm-hmm. authentic, yeah. And if
2: you grow up in that kind with those yeah. values and with hearing that, for sure,
0: yeah. So I think it was hard for me to think. Wait a minute, I'm really supposed to be really concerned with myself because that was what I was taught is not a good thing you know yeah. so mm-hmm. again because I'm a psychologist and I want to get to the research if you don't mind a little more if you don't <laughs> Please, mind indulging you- <laughs> me we need some research okay well okay so there's a bunch of uh, research on authenticity and there are psychologists who study it and, and one of the things that they find is that authenticity is related to vitality it is actually related to higher levels of self esteem and coping skills mm-hmm. yeah and they find that it's also related to satisfying relationships Mm-hmm. a high sense of self-worth, high mm-hmm. sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's related to confidence and mastering challenges, goal mm-hmm. achievement, and also you're more realistic about your performance if you have a strong sense of authenticity. So you see yourself clearly, again, mm-hmm. kind of like the, the 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 selfie metaphor there. You're less likely to be defensive and you're less likely to blame others.
2: Right. So see, and this just proves the point of therapy, right? I mean, really authenticity, if you think about it, is honest expression. Yeah. And that's what you spend a lot of time in therapy, trying to get to that goal, trying to reach that goal of honest expression. Don't push those feelings down. Don't bottle them up. Don't hold them inside. Feel any feeling you need to feel, you right. know, and, and talk about it, express it in some way. So all of those, you know, all that research makes sense, you know.
0: Right. And what I love about it is that if you look at those don't you think you doing that is better for everyone around you, right? So it's not selfish. Do you know what I mean? Like, if yes. you're not defensive, you're more fun to be around with your friends, with your your mm-hmm. significant others. Do you see what I mean? So it's like this, totally. this pursuit of authenticity. In the end, everyone wins. It's a shared cycle. It, yes. It, you know, you give out
2: and you receive back. It's just...
0: And you know, again, and, and I've talked about this a little bit in the first podcast, and, and I'm sure I'll talk about it a lot more in the future, just because it was a, a very, a watershed moment for me when I think about... Again, being in that that relationship where I thought I was going to get married, and it was hard because I had become when you practice inauthenticity, mm-hmm. like anything, you keep walking down that road, right? You've become numb to your own indications. right The, the part of you that's trying to say, "Hey, hello, right. You're living a lie right now, by the way, and you just mm-hmm. keep stuffing that and keep living in denial and you right. don't listen and mm-hmm. you can get yourself to where you're so numb to your mm-hmm. to yourself and again yeah.
2: it's that lack of not being honest with others or yourself about your feelings really I mean it sounds so simple right I know. just like say what you're feeling right but it's so it's so hard our parents ingrained yeah. into us so that we can obey them so mm-hmm. that we can do what pleases them so they don't have a headache because of something that we want to share <laughs> I mean it's really ingrained all the way back in our childhood mm-hmm. and that doesn't just go away no you know so it is something that has to be I think you know cultivated something that we take time to cultivate in our lives
0: yeah yeah and I hope it encourages everyone to know that it isn't a selfish pursuit and and that really everyone benefits and like you were saying earlier and we were talking about true intimacy you know I think about it this way you know when you do something that you have to do and you're obligated to do it and you hate doing it and I you know we've talked about this too and then
2: we think about our values and then we make the right decision
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Maureen and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life in Mississippi.
1: You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson April on Love and Life. Go to our website drkaren.me. That's Karen with a k.me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her Karen, K-A-R-I-N, at me.
0: We, we were having a, a gathering, and, and someone bailed at the last minute, and you were like, oh, Karen, I know you're not going to freak out about that. And I was, yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. Because I would share with you, I don't want anyone to be at my event, at my party, at my house, whatever, unless they really want to be there. I don't want anyone coming out of obligation. Totally. Yeah. You know, I want you authentically to be mm-hmm. with me. And present. Right. Mm-hmm. Or authentically not be with me. Right. And I want to give the freedom to everyone around me to yes. choose to be with definitely. me. Or to choose not. And to not, like we're talking about, you know, even from the research. And I, I won't get defensive about it. I won't get. definitely.
2: And that has been such a, in the past few years, such a key in my own life is that, like you just said, that word freedom. That freedom. And that's what relationship and intimacy allows is that freedom of expression and authenticity. And then that cultivates real love and real intimacy. You know, just all kind of, again, cycles together.
0: True intimacy is not, Mm -hmm. hey, you said you were coming or you have to be here because you're my daughter or you're my sister or you're my friend and you have to. True intimacy is like, hey, I'd love to have you here. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be here, if that's what your heart of hearts wants, then come. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't want to be here, then you do whatever you need to do. And Or if
2: you can't, I support you in whatever endeavor you are busying yourself with. And I'll see you the next time. Yeah. I've recognized just in my own experience is your closest friends, the ones that you're most intimate with, you don't have that problem with. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and you and they're usually your closest friends because there's that safety
0: there Mm -hmm. to be completely authentic Mm -hmm. but I think that takes a while though don't you think like I don't think that's something that was true of my friendships like in college for example I think sure I think oh, there was sure. a lot of expectation in college. Oh, for sure. Like, you're my best friend. We're roommates. Mm-hmm. So this is what I expect. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you can't have any expectations. Oh, no.
2: Yeah. Well, there's there's trust that's built, of course, right? That's like over years of consistency and trust. And you know you both love each other, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and that, obviously, is the foundation of all that freedom and mm-hmm. and authenticity within your friendship. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I'm thinking of the term, like, giving someone the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. Like, if you had a doubt, like, no, that's my girl. Right. I know she loves me.
2: Exactly. Because you know, you know your best friend's character. Right. You know she's she's she has goals or she really is busy.
0: Right. Again, getting back to the word freedom, we've talked about it a lot because my dissertation was on individuation from family of origin. Right. And so the freedom within families which in some families there's not a lot of freedom to cultivate your own identity you are supposed to be like a shrinky dink Do you know that term? (laughs) A Shrinky Dink was a toy when we were familiar. Oh, it was. (laughs) It was from the 70s. I've actually heard of it, but I never knew.
2: (laughs) That's funny. Oh, so it was really a toy?
0: Yeah. Well, you would cut out these plastic things and bake them and they would shrink up. Anyway, (gasps) but like a mini me is is the concept I'm getting at. I remember those.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I remember those, yeah.
0: Kate, what are you, 13 years younger than me?
2: We would say probably, yes, we would say like mini me. Yeah, they a
0: are. mini-me yeah. from like Austin Powers. That's more <laughs> my <you>. generation. <laughs> and then I don't know what the 20-year-olds would say. Right. So, but Yeah, so yeah. So in some families, there's not a whole lot of freedom for the adolescent young person to figure out who they are. And in others, there there is. And it's just mm-hmm. interesting, again, imagine this on the family level families that say you have to be like this you have to think like this way you have to believe these things because that's what our family does and again okay maybe maybe your kid will say that okay I believe this and I'll do this That's not true intimacy right you've stifled that young person well
2: and think about the amount of energy that takes Mm -hmm. that takes a whole lot of energy kind of you know a mask really Mm -hmm. right or just um to keep up what you think everyone else mm-hmm. wants you to be mm-hmm. um that's just a whole lot of energy and no wonder that doesn't make you happy
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know but anyway getting back to selfies um yeah so the, i guess again the theme of today is to to use the, get those selfie sticks out <laughs> take those snapshots and and then try to look at them objectively and that's not always easy either because when we're in denial and really wanting something to, like for example, I always go back to my engagement. You know, really wanting this because it's time and and I mm-hmm. my friends are married and, and I, the clock's ticking and all that. But if you take a look at that selfie, yeah, with as much objectivity as you can. And if you don't have that much objectivity, then get your counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, get 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 a good group of friends who yeah. will be real with you.
2: And <laughs> also look at those selfies. Figure out which ones you were most happy in.
0: Yeah, you know, I like and that. usually
2: those are the ones that you were most authentic. Right. I mean, yeah. for me, I think of a selfie as like in the moment you're just having the best time and you want to capture it. And when I'm saying, selfies usually, and if you look at my face page, <laughs> <and> my Facebook, <laughs> oh my god, I used a barbism. Your mom used to call it face page. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's selfies of me and my friends. Yeah, and for me, that mm-hmm. is definitely something that's very important to me are my friendships and mm-hmm. so just going back at those selfies and looking like what what were you feeling in those when were you happy yeah you know and cultivate more of those times of true happiness um and usually you'll find that it was when you were being authentic
1: you're listening to dr karen anderson abril on love and life go to our website d-r-k-a-r-i-n dot me that's K.me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen, email her. Karen, K-A-R-I-N, at drkaren.me.
0: Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to Kate for joining the conversation. You know, next time you take a selfie, be sure you're looking at it looking at it clearly, looking at it objectively. What's your selfie telling you? Is it showing you that you're on the right path, that you're living authentically? Or is your selfie showing you that something's off? Something's not resonating with your authentic self. Take a look at that selfie and make whatever changes you need to make. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. You can find me at my website, www.drkaren.me. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson, and that's D-R-K-A-R-I-N Anderson with an O. Facebook, I'm at Dr Karen Anderson Abril. Instagram, I'm Dr. Karen. I would love to hear from you. You can email me your story or ask me a question. I'm at Karen at DrKaren.me, Karen K-A-R-I-N at D-R-K-A-R-I-N dot me. Please go to iTunes and subscribe. I'm also on Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud at Dr. Karen Love and Life. Please let me know if you have any topics you want me to cover. I want this to be your show as much as it is mine. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abrol. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, have a great week.